0: One more prayer concern. Avon Holzschlog, uh, and I should have mentioned that this morning, as you know, has cancer. It's a decisions to be made about possible surgery. There's a big meeting and kind of a combat on the 13th. So please remember Avon and Paul. Last week we talked about the phrase "spiritual but not religious." If you were with us, if you were awake, maybe you remember that. <laughs> if you were with us, I translated that as. Hopeful yet disobedient. That was my take on that. It's a sad condition in our society today. But today we're going to look at another sad condition, and this was even worse. Religious, but not spiritual. Before we go there, let's pray together. Spirit of God, we've asked already, and it's our prayer that all of this room know you and you're in our lives. We continue to pray for filling and for help so that you would increase and we would decrease. Help us to love and to be known for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're going to begin with the scripture about people that are religious but not spiritual. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. You should know this, Paul writes to Timothy, that in the last days, There will be very difficult times. People will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving, unforgiving. They'll slander others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel and they'll hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And then Timothy is told, you stay away from people like that. Spiritual imposters. The religious but not spiritual are best defined to me in verse 5. They'll act religious, but they'll reject the power that could make them godly. They're religious, but they're not spiritual, they're not godly. And then, stay away. I've always found that interesting. Of all the groups in Scripture we're told to stay away from, I can only think of one, and this is the one. Stay away. That's fascinating to me because we're told to go into all the world and make disciples, we're told to feed the hungry and go to the prisons and turn the other cheek and go to the extra mile. But about the religious but not spiritual, we're told to stay away from those people. Why is that? It's because they are so very, very dangerous. In verse 13 of 2 Timothy 3, we see these words. But evil people and impostors will flourish. They'll deceive others and will themselves be deceived. See the danger? They'll deceive other people. In talking about religious but not spiritual in his day, Jesus said this in Matthew 23, 15, Woe you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You cross sea and land to make a single convert, and you make the new convert twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Because they're deceived when they get a convert. That convert is deceived. It's a sad situation and it's best to stay away. Also in Matthew 23, we find these words, verses 27 and 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You're like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they're full of the bones of the dead and all kinds of filth. So you also on the outside look righteous to others, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness the religion of religious but not spiritual care about the look they care about the outside but the inside is rotten today people can go around calling themselves reverend or father we confused by the act they want a title they want a platform they want an audience but it's not spiritual in that position is abused. Matthew 7 warns us of this. Beware of false prophets, verse 15. Who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by the fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, a bad tree can't produce good. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Ever been confused by an action of somebody that called himself Christ Father? And it makes you scratch your head, and it makes you wonder. I am so sorry to tell you, and you could tell me the same thing too, I have plenty of examples of religious but not spiritual. I've got a lot of examples of that. Do you have some from your lifetime, from your personal experience? I thought about names in the news, some things that we would know together, but I just thought I would stay away from that because Jesus gives us an example that's just perfect to illuminate. Beginning verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, who was religious but not spiritual, and the other a tax collector, which Jesus' day was about as bad as you can. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of all my head. Standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And then Jesus blows everyone away when he said, I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus made an interesting hero in the story and he challenged everybody in the room that thought the Pharisees were all that and then some more, I suppose. Obviously the Pharisee was very religious. His clothes spoke of that. It says that he stood by himself, but I bet it was on a platform. I bet it was where everybody else in the temple could see him. He stood there, and when he prayed, I bet he did it loudly. I don't think this was a silent prayer. I think he might have seen the tax collector in the corner, and then when he prayed, "God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. I'm not like Bob or Tom or Kevin." Who? No thieves and rogues and adulterers, or even like that tax collector over there. I can't believe he's even in the church. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income, and I'm very special. And he wanted everyone to know. One indication of the religious but not spiritual is the look-at-me attitude. Look at me. turns you off today. Isn't it? Because we're here to look at God. We're here to connect with God, not someone else. It's not a long prayer, is it? But it says a great deal. Do you notice how many times he mentions himself? The world revolves around him. And him only. We sang the praise chorus. And we say, the, the verse, let's forget about ourselves and concentrate on Him. Not this guy. He's not forgetting about himself for one minute. Because he was the most important. The religious but not spiritual are all about self. In their mind, they are always right. They're better than others. They toot their own horn. They know more than you do. And they're so very proud. You know, it's interesting to me in today's time, we can be very right about something and very wrong in the way we go about it. And I always have to be careful. And I didn't put these verses in here. I thought about these last night in the middle of night. Remember how the love chapter in Corinthians began, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, what am I? Just a bunch of noise. Nothing. If I give my body to be burned but I don't have love it doesn't mean anything. The people that are religious but not spiritual would not understand about love. You know it's probably a good idea we talked last week about spiritual but not religious and this week religious but not spiritual. It might be a good idea to define true religion. What is true religion? My favorite Definition comes from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. I love that definition. Pure and genuine religion so I the messiah of got the means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt. As we grow as a church, we're going to need to be very specific and find ways to minister to orphans and widows, I believe. Two things homework I want to do. I'm taking a commercial break here. If you have a connection with an orphanage somewhere in this planet, let me know. If you have a connection with an orphanage, let me know so we can And help me make a list of widows so we can help them. But why is this such a good definition of religion? The reason that it's such a great definition is that when these words were written, when James walked the earth, these two groups were at the bottom of society. And it was a test. Because if you were religious, but not spiritual, you wouldn't help these people because there's nothing to gain. Remember, it's all about themselves. And if you help them, they can do nothing in return. So if I'm religious but not spiritual, who would I help? I'd find a rich person to help, wouldn't I? I found somebody that owned the grocery store, or somebody that had the bank, or somebody that, that ran the sports teams, i could get some tickets out of them, at please, I would at least help them. And why would I help somebody else if I'm religious but not spiritual? Because something would come back to me. Because it's all about me. I read this week, about a, a preacher. I would known their name. And in their writings, they, they were all in the prosperity gospel. If you love God enough, you'll never be poor. You'll never be sick. You'll never be lonely. Everything will be just hunky and dory. Greek word hunky. Hebrew dory. You'll be hunky all, all of the time. And the person wrote, that if you were a true believer in Christ, you would never have an illness. You would never be sick because God wants to glorify himself in you. And then the person developed heart disease and died. And I, I, I can't imagine at the end they believe that anymore. But what is happening in our society, in churches that makes this very popular, this prosperity, health, and wealth kind of stuff, it's you're setting up disciples for failure. Because you go to church and the job doesn't come through and you have money problems, you think, this can't be true. The preacher lied to me and so none of this is true. And they become a disciple that's worse than what Jesus said about it. And they quit. Or they're told, you know, if you love God enough, you'll never be sick. Woo-hoo! <laughs> and then something happens. And they get confused. And they get confused because they didn't lie to them. They did not want the truth. And the truth is we are not here to glorify ourselves. We are here to glorify God. And that's why we exist. And we're here to put others before ourselves. I had a conversation this week at Goodwill. I love Goodwill it's just cheap entertainment for me i might not buy anything but it's cheap entertainment not a charge admission for me i'll go look at stuff and i get a lot of books from goodwill so i'm at the counter buying a book down at Abernathy and Rollsville Road and the two cashiers were talking about the customer before me i guess had really been ugly to and so we just started talking, and I one of my pet I was talking to them about one of my pet peeves. Hold on, I'll show you. People in line on their phone at a cash register or at a teller. It just it drives me up the wall. I think it's rude. I know you don't do that. It's not about Jews, <laughs> and so we were talking about that and talking about things, and I said, you know, I was raised to believe that you're more important than I am. And they both kind of looked at me and said, say that again. I said, well, I'm a Christian and I was raised that I'm supposed to love you more than I love me. And they said, we wish everybody lived that way. I wish I lived that way. I wish everybody lived that way too. So there's your challenge to be religious and to be spiritual and remember it is not about you. It's about others, and loving them, and serving them. So in the past two weeks, we have looked at the religious but not spiritual, and the spiritual but not religious. Two horrible rooms to be in. And I hope we belong to neither. Today I want to close by recognizing two dear friends who have been a Christ-like example among us. Joe and Jeff Peppets don't know it, but they're headed this way right now. (laughs) Reluctantly, they are headed this way right now. Did you hear that? You're going to get to New Jersey later this week. Jeff got a job promotion with Comcast in Philadelphia, and we all have mixed emotions about it. There is a very, very, very blessed church in the New Jersey area that will receive two of our best missionaries. As they have been among us, they have given people rights, they have ministered and thought about others, and not themselves. Joe has been our treasurer, among many other things. Currently is, so somebody's going to need to fill some shoes very soon. Jeff has been a deacon, and we're going to need somebody to fill those shoes as well. It's been a joy watching them, hasn't Putting other people first. They're not the only people in this room that do that. There are many others. And we look forward to what God is going to do among us. And we look forward to what God is going to do with them. They don't know it, but we're going to have a little reception in the Welcome Center on your way out. And you're really going to get beyond you after this. (laughs) And the reason you're uncomfortable is they've never made it about them. So for a minute, we're going to make it about them. And some servants did this put this together so people just like you think of others ahead of themselves. So those that did this, thank you. We're going to ask you to stand and we're going to play pray a blessing on Jeff and Joe and their journey. In fact, why don't you all let's get in a circle and hold some hands and we will just you can get out of your pew and come up here and get their hand if you would like. Or we'll walk down this way and get theirs. We're probably gonna go down this aisle. Also, (laughs) go. Joe. Thank you for their example and their growth and their love and their contagious spirit. We pray that as they take that to New Jersey and Philadelphia, that they'll find a place to serve. We know they will because we know them. And Father, help us, those of us here, to step up and do the things that you want to do. And we continue to ask that you would send us more friends and helpers and missionaries to continue our message. Help us to be religious and spiritual. Help us to be so very loving that we make a difference in this world every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.